All right, well, it's wonderful to be with you all. It's wonderful to be in this venue. Praise God, hey? Um, so many details coming together. Uh, Lord willing, next week we'll have microphones and some uh, music stands, and if not next week, then by the week after that, some signs, and uh, then we'll, as mentioned, we'll look forward to really trying to get the word out there. Um, hopefully let a lot of people know that we're here. Um, uh, we've, as we've been saying for a while, we've got at least two goals, right, in being in this area, starting this new church, and definitely there's a goal to reach the lost. There's also a goal just to be able to provide a good Bible teaching church for people who are already Christians, already living in this area, who just don't have good access uh, who haven't had good access to a Bible teaching church. So um, along those lines, I'm excited to just say, okay, let's try and get to the point where everybody in this whole area knows that Pretoria West Bible Church exists and that they can find us here at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And then um, uh, we can keep going from there and just uh, sharing the gospel with many, many more people and hopefully... The Lord exalts Himself and saves many through our efforts. Okay. Alright, well we are back in the book of Philippians today. Philippians chapter 1, from the second half of verse 18, and then moving onwards to verse 26. So, if I had to ask you, what would you like the rest of of your life to look like. I think uh, a number of us might have some some dreams, some goals. Uh, maybe some of you have put together even what some people would call a bucket list, list of things you'd like to do, places you'd like to go, things you'd like to see. Maybe you want to skydive one day or bungee jump or you want to go white river rafting, or you would like to climb to the top of Mount Everest or Mount Kilimanjaro or something like that. Um, maybe you've got certain career goals you're pursuing. Um, maybe you are single now and hoping to one day be married, hoping to one day uh, be a parent. But all in all, if we were just to... To summarize these goals, what do you think would make the rest of your life well-lived? Right? Could you take all your goals and think to yourself, okay, ultimately, what is my life all about? What am I living for? What am I after? What would I like the rest of my life to look like if I'm to consider the rest of my life to be a success? Certainly those are the sort of questions that uh, someone might consider in prison, like Paul was, right? He's in prison and thinking about the rest of his life. His goals, his things you want to do, right? As we continue moving our way through this letter, let's very quickly recap on what we've seen so far. Remember, the Philippian church 
was started by Paul. And Paul is now in prison, probably in Rome. And the only reason he's in prison is for preaching the good news about Jesus. The Philippian Christians have been very faithful in praying for Paul and supporting him in a number of ways in his missionary work during the 10 years or so since he began their church. And when they heard that Paul was in prison, they sent a man named Epaphroditus to care for Paul and deliver financial support to him in prison. Now Paul has sent this letter, which is the book of Philippians we have in our Bibles. He sent that back with Epaphroditus to the Philippian church when he returned. And Paul started off this letter by letting uh, by, by giving thanks to God for the Philippian Christians, by praying for them, and by updating them about his situation. That's what we saw last week, where he said, I want you to know that even though I'm in, the, I'm in prison, God has been using this to advance the gospel. Right? And we heard uh, from Paul about how uh, the palace guard uh, are, are all hearing about him. They all know that he's in prison for Christ and Christ alone. Um, there's other Christians who've been emboldened and, and, and become more courageous by, because of Paul's willingness to suffer for the gospel. And they're now preaching the gospel. Okay, And we saw also that even though some of these people were preaching the gospel out of selfish motives and even a rivalry with Paul, that Paul was just joyful that the gospel was going forward. So that's, that's how things are up to the point of Paul writing the letter. That's how he's doing in prison. He's joyful because the gospel is still going forward. But what's next? Is he going to be released from prison anytime soon? Will he be in prison for much longer? Could he possibly even face execution? As Paul thinks about what might remain of his life, we can see here in this passage his perspective on what he wants to do most with the rest of his life. We see what matters most to him and what he believes would make the rest of his life well lived. Follow along with me as I read from Philippians 1 verse 18b. Paul says, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all 
for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Paul says it's his eager expectation and hope that he will not be ashamed. And that with full courage, Christ will be honored in his body, whether by life or by death. That's his primary goal. It's his eager expectation and his hope, he says. Remember, as we've spoken about in weeks prior, when you see hope in the Bible, this isn't the, this word is not used in the Bible the way we use it typically in our everyday speech. It's not used to just communicate wishful thinking or desire. It's used to communicate anticipation, confident anticipation of something that will happen because God has promised it. So Paul is full of hope an expectation that he will be able to continue to be faithful in the midst of his difficult circumstances so that Christ will be honored in his life. Specifically, he says that's going to happen through the prayers of the Philippians and through the help the Holy Spirit will give him in answer to those prayers. He will not be put to shame, he says but rather will be delivered. Okay, what do we mean here by this word delivered? Okay. I used to get confused by this passage because it seemed that Paul was saying here that he was confident that he was going to be freed from prison. Um, he knew it as a certain fact. Um, but he's not referring to deliverance from prison here. He doesn't actually know what will be next for him. Rather, he's saying here that he will be delivered, actually, whether or not he's released from prison. Um, and the, the, the term we're looking at here is, is basically a term of saying he'll be vindicated. Okay? He'll be vindicated. And what we're talking about there is his ultimate salvation and his ultimate standing before God. That rather than having failed in the, in, in, uh, the opportunity to honor Christ that he had, that he had been faithful and that he had honored Christ in these difficult situations. Of course, he doesn't have to earn his salvation. Paul is very clear, and the other gospel or Bible authors are very clear, that salvation is 100% of Jesus. But the Bible is also clear, right? That true saving faith perseveres to the end, even if it faces significant persecution. So as each of us lives our Christian life, trusting in Christ for our salvation, would we be willing to go to prison if it was prison or announced Christ? Would we be willing to face execution if it was execution or renounce Christ? Paul is in prison for Christ and may face more suffering and even execution for him. 
But he's confident that by the prayer of the Philippians and the help of the Holy Spirit, he is going to continue to be faithful to Christ all the way to the end. And this then is what we mean by him being vindicated. He will honor Christ and please Christ. He will be seen to have done well. More than anything, Paul wants his life to honor Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, if you were to set one goal for yourself for the rest of your life, say, okay, whether this happens or that happens, whether I accomplish these goals or those goals, or I don't accomplish those goals, whether life ends up looking the way I want it to look or not, whatever my circumstances may be, I want to Honor Jesus Christ with my life. I want to honor Jesus Christ with my life, no matter what my circumstances. Now, how do we do that? Here in this passage, Paul talks about at least two different scenarios. Okay, Let's consider them one at a time. And the first scenario is the scenario in which Paul... um, faces death. How can we seek to honor Christ in our lives if we are facing death? There's a wonderful little verse in here that I hope you'll, you'll all commit to memory because uh, as we'll see as we work through this, it's, it's not just a, a nice, pithy, radical sounding uh, statement, but there's actually a lot of practical truth in this Wonderful little verse. Paul says, right, for him, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. And if we think here of how do you honor Christ as you're facing death? Well, you honor Christ as you're facing death if for you to die is gain. Here's what I mean. When that's your attitude... When dying is actually gain, it shows that you believe that Jesus really has paid the price for sin. That he really has conquered the grave. You're so confident in who he is and what he has accomplished that you are not fearful of death. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? I can face death. Because I have a Savior who has conquered death. We know Jesus has defeated death for us. If you can say to die is gain, it shows that you believe all God's promises about eternal life are real. No more struggle with sin. No more sickness. No more sadness. Just everything as God created it to be. Glorious. If you can say to die is gain, it shows that you believe, most importantly, that being with Jesus Christ himself is better than anything and everything that this world has to offer. And that's what Paul emphasizes in this passage. Because what does he say? What does he say in verse 23? He says very specifically, My desire is to depart and be with Christ. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. 
For that is far better. And that is true. And it is beautiful when people believe it from the the depths of their soul. And you can see their anticipation, their longing to be with Jesus. Their confidence that just around the corner they will see Him face to face and enjoy His fellowship forever. Right? We sing the song, Give Me Jesus. And as the song goes, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Think of Jesus' parable in Matthew thirteen forty four. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes, and he sells all that he has so that he can buy that field. Now if you're the person who's selling him that field, and you're seeing this person who's willing to sell absolutely everything that they have, and to offer you this price that seems so over the top for this land, you might think, what, what's this person doing, right? Such, so, so, such sacrifice, such a high price for this very ordinary piece of land. But that person knows, right? They know that even though they're giving everything for this field, they're making no sacrifice at all. There's a treasure in that field. And it is well worth it. Secondly, if we want to honor Christ with the rest of our lives, how do we honor Christ as we, if we continue to live? How do we honor Christ if we continue to live? Paul says, right, that for him to live is Christ. How would he summarize his life? How would he summarize uh, what gets him up in the morning? What is his heartbeat, his passion, what he lives for in every moment of every day? He lives for Christ. A life that revolves around Jesus and spreading the good news of what He's accomplished on the cross. Whenever, brothers and sisters, it becomes clear to others that we count Christ as greater than ourselves. Whenever it becomes clear to others that He is our greatest treasure, He is honored. Pastor John Piper says, this is one of his famous sayings, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. When it is clear to people that He is our greatest treasure. Is Jesus your greatest joy? Is honoring Him your greatest joy? As it is for Paul. Let's think just of what we've seen already in this book. We've seen Paul able to say that that he can rejoice even if he's facing death because he's confident that he's going to honor Christ. We've seen Paul rejoicing in prison because even though he's in prison, the gospel's going forth. We can see him rejoicing because even though people are, are taking the opportunity to to compete with Him and to get the spotlight 
in the Christian Christian circles and and almost to to rub it in to him. He doesn't care because Christ is being exalted. And he is again and again speaking of his joy in these circumstances. Genuine heartfelt joy. Genuine heartfelt joy in the Philippians, in their partnership with him in the gospel, in God's work in their lives, and the fact that God will continue working in their lives to make them more and more like Christ, and he will complete that work. Paul finds genuine joy in Christ and the gospel going forward and the work of God in people's lives. Our willingness to suffer for Christ shows how worthy we believe He is. Being willing to suffer for the advance of the gospel shows that we really believe that it is the treasure that it is. That it is the power of God unto salvation. That it is worth protecting and promoting even at the greatest cost. We looked last week at how we should all prioritize the advance of the gospel, the great commission of evangelism and discipleship, no no matter what our vocation may be. And um, we see a little bit more of that in this passage. If you look at Philippians 2.20, Paul says this of Timothy. He says, I have no one like him, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Okay? So in other words, the fact that Timothy will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, Paul, Paul equates that with, them being, with, with him being genuinely interested in what matters to Jesus. Loving Christ equals caring for His interests, caring for His people, genuinely caring and being concerned for the welfare of other Christians. And that's what Paul is primarily emphasizing here. Look at verses 25 to 26. He says, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So Paul tells us if he could choose, now this is hypothetical, he's not in a position to decide whether he's going to be freed from prison or whether... He's going to face execution. But if he, if he could choose, he's torn because it would be better by far to be in the presence of Jesus. But on the other hand, if he can keep living, that's more ministry opportunities. It's more opportunity to honor Christ through ministry to others. I would remain and continue with you all. Why? For your progress and joy in the faith. There's that word joy again. For your progress and joy in the faith. This is discipleship, brothers and sisters. Paul is saying, 
I would choose to stay and live on so that I can keep helping you grow, so I can keep investing in your walk with the Lord, so that you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. I want you to grow more and more in your love for Jesus, in the praise you give Jesus, in the honor and glory you give Jesus through your life. There's many unknowns in our futures, but I hope we can all choose as our primary commitment, as our primary goal in life, to honor Christ in our lives, no matter what our circumstances may be. We'll do this, we'll accomplish this by believing Him, trusting Him, treasuring Him, and living lives of ministry to others. May God help us do so. Amen.